This is the Going in Circles podcast, hosted by Horseman Chuck Simon. To become a sponsor, to suggest topics, or for questions, email goingincirclespodcast at gmail.com. And log on to our Facebook page, Going in Circles Podcast. Here's your host, Chuck Simon. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Going in Circles Live. Uh, Today is Tuesday. It's uh, it's Florida Derby week. Florida Derby is on Saturday. The races are going to be drawn tomorrow. There's going to be a, I believe, 10 stake race on the undercard. I'm guessing a 14, uh, 14 race day that'll start early, but uh, should be a an excellent card of racing. The, the race is... Uh, Coming up a little bit more interesting than the Florida preps had been so far, where uh, Greatest Honor has has really just uh, not dominated, but uh, been been extremely impressive. While there hasn't really been anyone else that's been impressive at all, uh, but there's there's uh, quite a few. There's a new faces coming. There's a couple shippers. Spielberg um, who's going to make his ninth start, which is kind of a throwback horse who's who's raced all over the place now and he'll be shipping in and um a couple uh maiden breakers but um it'll be interesting to see how it um it can it'll go and and we'll go from there um like i said tomorrow around 12:15 golfstreampark.com is going to be uh, showing the the live draw for the race, I don't think the post positions are going to be that big of a deal. But um, but it's kind of the end of the championship meet. Uh, I still really don't know what it's the championship meet of. But uh, once this this card of races is over, most of the Kentucky and uh, New York guys will be shipping back north, and uh, Keeneland's opening up. Pretty soon we have uh, we we used to go back to the main track at Aqueduct, but uh, the main track is the only dirt track left there. So uh, they'll be continuing uh, going back to four days of racing right now in New York. They're currently only going three days, but the racing is uh, you know the spring is here. It, it's officially spring, and um, and we're only thirty eight days away from the Kentucky Derby, which which seems crazy. Really seems crazy considering there's. There's a lot of um, a lot of horses running in Derby preps that uh, that haven't even run two turns yet, which just seems bizarre, just just absolutely bizarre. But uh, but that's where that's where we're uh, we're headed. Um, on last night's podcast, we pretty much blasted the California Racing Board for not just the whip rules that they've enacted, but just the manner in which they've done it, which has been pathetic. Um, There is a a proposal that that was defeated today uh, about amending the rules. One of the amendments considered was a 50% quote-unquote tax on uh, a jockey's purse in in a stakes race because... Apparently, they never considered that stake races are run for significant amounts of money and that a $500 fine is probably not going to be a real big deterrent for a jockey that's, that's trying to win that kind of race. 
And it seems bizarre that that we're having to put rules in that, that sort of discourage jockeys from trying to do their best to win the race. And without getting into it too far, uh, the proposal was defeated four to three. The four people on the board that have a clue, um, of course, voted uh, to not just throw another rule up. And the three people that are um, the government's uh, governor's appointments that really don't know anything uh, voted, of course, for it. But uh, that's been tabled for now. Um, uh, I'm sure that uh, this this is going to be a continuing topic throughout the year as uh, more jurisdictions adopt rules. New Jersey is is really the one that I've I've kind of circled on the calendar when when Monmouth opens back up as um, their rules are even more restrictive and it's going to be confusing. It's going to be hard to, to police. It's going to be difficult to understand um, how this actually benefits. Um, you know, you, you saying you're going to be able to use it for safety purposes kind of opens up a real question mark of what exactly is a safety purpose. And, uh, uh the, the HISA law actually, at some point when this starts to, um, formulate the, and getting the people on the boards and and so forth they are the, the whip rule will will become a national rule as that it does seem to fall under the the umbrella of of safety of uh, so so we might just be arguing temporarily for for these state by state rules and um but it's uh a look into the California, the, the way things have been done, is really a look into how racing has done things uh, for years, which is poorly, which is not to take into consideration, really taking into consideration, not just lip service. Uh, the views of, of the participants, the people that are going to be most affected, um, and the people that bet on the races. They, they Their views need to be heard as well, um, but generally we don't uh, we don't do that we just kind of make rules and then act surprised that uh, they don't work very well uh but that's uh that's the way of the world <laughs> uh i wanted to give naj thompson a, a shout out uh he wrote a, a really good piece um in the local new york paper about um uh diversity in racing and and uh i think he had a lot of good ideas and and hopefully Hopefully they'll they'll get some support and uh, you know people will start actually doing something instead of just talking about it. Uh, I hate to tell Naj, but uh, his alma mater is a now a basketball school. As Florida State stinks at football, but they're pretty good at basketball and they're still alive in March Madness. So I'm sure he'll be happy about that. But uh, the football thing is probably still a sore subject. Um, we are going to have uh, a special. Florida Derby card podcast on Friday. My my two racing analysts, Mr. Barry Spears, the sniper, will will be uh, going through the card as as well as uh, Mr. Bidas, Jason Bidas. So they'll be offering up uh, tidbits on on what they uh, what they think about uh, the races on on uh, on Saturday. So that'll be uh, 
we'll probably tape that Friday night, so it'll be available Friday night, uh, Saturday morning. And we'll try to keep it as interesting as possible. Um, today's show is, is going to be, um, you know, when, when we started these podcasts, one of the things that I really did not want to do was just regurgitate the same old people uh, in racing circles. And it's not a knock on, on them, but you can only hear a guy's um, view of the races or the, the topics or the issues so many different times before there just isn't, it, it's just redundant. And that's why we don't have many trainers on. Um, it's boring for the most part. They're, they really can't say a whole lot. They're, kind of in a tough spot in a lot of ways and it just isn't um it just isn't that conducive to to interesting uh listening and and uh that's the whole point of doing this is is to try to uh make it entertaining and make it make it uh, enjoyable to listen to and also you know to to make it informative um but one of the things we really wanted to do was was give people uh a voice that that ordinarily wouldn't have one and it's not as though we are, um, you know, Joe Rogan. We don't have 10 million people following us, but uh, we do have quite a few people following us. And, and, and it's getting bigger and the audiences are getting bigger and, and, and a little bit more diverse. Um, uh, we're getting more and more downloads, more and more follows, more and more subscriptions. Uh, and it's really bizarre the, the, the amount of countries that some of these downloads come from. Um, but... Uh, but today's show we're gonna we're gonna have mostly guys who are, are racing social media people, and uh, some of the guys uh, are a little more controversial than others. But you know that's the way it goes. Um, there's never been a, a real um, uh, cognizant push by the industry as a whole to to attract. Um, not, a, not only attract, but but to to listen to to give people what they want. Um, racing often does a poor job in managing um, managing to give people what they want. They give people what they want to give them, and then sometimes they they get upset when uh, uh, when they don't really like it or they don't really follow it. Like racing roulette, I mean, that was an idea that seemed to be bizarrely naive to think that anyone would actually play that that's not what people want um it was just a a poorly conceived idea and it went away because it wasn't supported and honestly they could have taken a poll of racing twitter and never even bothered doing that because i'm sure that the the poll results would have been landslide as to the no i'm not going to play this ever there's no reason to play it it makes no sense it's not entertaining it's not enjoyable it's not profitable it's just dumb um but that's that's just one just one segment this one one part of the industry that that really needs to to wake up uh and we've talked about this a lot of times on this podcast on the the, the monday night podcasts especially that there's a huge groundswell of of gambling that's out there now the the gambling is not the the negative uh connotation um activity that it was for years and years and even though there are still a couple holdouts in the south even in the south they're, they're starting to jump onto sports betting and 
and and casinos and and things like that and it, it just becomes a matter of money and our society is accepting of gambling these days it just is and uh Dennis Drazen kind of from Monmouth Park really opened the door when he fought the uh the un, the law that was found unconstitutional um that prohibited sports with wagering anywhere except for uh I think Del- Delaware they had the parlays and uh and 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 uh, Nevada so in order to keep the people that we have, because I'm not a believer that a whole lot of people, uh, especially the younger generation that's betting on sports, is going to jump to racing. I believe that the, the jump will be the opposite way, that a lot of guys that are racing guys um, are going to jump to sports. Because the fact of the matter is racing's been around for a long time, and if they hadn't, they weren't attracted to it when it was the only legal um, method of gambling. Um, and then as other games had been added, uh, video poker, things like that, it, it's just, the, it's a long shot to think that, uh, that if, if we just do it by osmosis and just think they're going to say, oh, look, there's a race over there and I lost the game. So I'm going to go bet it and, and get attracted to it. That's, that's just not the way it works. You have to give the people what they want. And a couple of the guys that we're going to have on today are trying to do that. And they're not warm and fuzzy guys. They're not guys who are going to who are going to be politically correct. But you know what? The racetrack is not really a politically correct track or place. It, it just never has been, and it that's just the way it goes. Um, it just the way it goes. And sometimes I, I just you can't make everybody happy. Um, you know, you talk about the whip rule. And the problem with the whip rule is um, in the end, you're still using a stick to strike an animal. And when you say it like that, it sounds like, well, you know, you think about a guy hitting a dog or, or, or something like that. And, and you just kind of get a negative reaction to that. But when you talk about it in racing terms, it's something that we're used to. We've always had it. We've always seen it. And, it's why the argument can be so difficult to 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 actually have and not sound patronizing or not sound like you're an uncaring jerk um and i think that's one of the problems that we have in you know with that rule and we keep coming back to it but uh um i think everyone on, on either side wants exactness and 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 there's just you know so many there's so many gray areas um in it and it, and it's difficult to uh to to get uh it's difficult to become like disney where um everything is um uh everything is is homogenized and no one's offended and 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 everybody's kind of happy and i mean it's just like comedy my friend's a comedian. Um, you know, he, he said that uh, it's difficult to uh, to not offend anyone with, with with comedy because I mean that's essentially what comedy is: is, is offending people, uh, offending thoughts, offending uh, uh, views. Uh, so so when you can't do that on either side, you know, you're kind of stuck in the middle. Um, you're really kind of stuck. Uh, you know, how, how do you 
how, how do you i just don't know i i mean it's a question mark i ask i ask a lot of people how, how do you work it out where you um you say something but you you don't you know you stay neutral in the middle and it's in, in the end you don't you're not those people aren't saying anything so you know what if people get pissed off i don't care i don't care it doesn't matter to me you know uh I know it probably doesn't matter to to this guy. On line one, we have Justin. What's up? Otherwise known as? Swifty. Swifty. (laughs) What's up? Swifty, you you, you guys, you guys really outdid yourself this time. And yeah, I cannot believe that score, man. And I basically wrote it up, and I didn't even play it really. <laughs> um, well, go ahead and 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 uh, I guess we got the shoe. Is the shoe here? I'm here, oh. brother. All right, we we got the shoe. We got we got jersey covered. Yeah, um, New Jersey stand up. <laughs> <laughs> so, you guys put your money where your mouth is, and. A lot of people talk in this business about, you know, oh, we need to do this and we need to attract people and we need to market and blah, 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 blah. But you guys actually went out and did something. So tell everybody what you've done and, and um, you know, how, how you've developed this idea and, and uh, I mean, where you've already, you know, shown a lot of success. Uh, Dan, you want to take this or you want me to take this? Well, I mean, I think. To, to be honest, it was just uh, really grassroots, man. I mean, you know, I met Swift just a few years ago at Mammoth and really started through Twitter. Um, you know, there's there's such a great community and, and family out there in horse racing Twitter, right? So, you know, we're on group chats with guys in Seattle and Texas and Kentucky and all over the country. And you bring all these different mindsets together and different opinions and you get different information and I think for us to just bring it under one umbrella and have somebody like Dylan take us under his wing and create this, you know, D-Gen Nation type feel and really, like I said, a grassroots Twitter start, it's been fun, man. I mean, it's it's just a bunch of personalities. It's, it's raw. It's something where we don't have to answer to you know, CDI, or we don't have to answer to Stronach, so we can get away with maybe some outlandish takes. And, and I think Swifty would would admit and agree sometimes we probably sound like jerks or a-holes and we piss people off, but at the same time, we're in it because we love the game, we love horse racing, we love gambling, you know, we love, you know, winning together, losing together type of mentality. Um, and I think this kind of captures that, right, Swift? Yeah, I think you perfectly said what you know what uh, what was meant to say, man. Like, we also know that there's people out there. You know, times are tough. With the economy's not that. I mean, not that great. Uh, you know, people are kind of struggling. People have turned to either gambling just to try and get some extra income. And you know, we try and put picks out. We try and give some good information out. You know, we want people to you know win as just as much as we want to win. You know, times are not easy right now. You know, we're waiting for like stimulus packages. Everybody's hurting a little and there's people like me dan and especially dylan dylan we fire we fire some big money into the game so why not give back to people who maybe not who are people who are just not being able to put in that big ticket maybe they wanted to spend a little extra money or maybe they wanted to you know 
uh, go a little deeper, but they don't have the pockets away with those. And Dylan's been really good at, you know, saying let's let's get some more young fans involved and, you know, we'll spend some money if it takes to make some money. So that's how we look at it. Listen, we all love this game. Deep down inside, you know, it was, it was drilled into us. We have this in our blood that we love this game. So how can we get the young fan to jump on this game instead of spending four hours in front of TV watching sports? Why not get these kids to the racetrack and see, you know what, this could be fun. We could make a score. We could walk out of here with $10,000, you know? No doubt, no doubt. And, and like I said, you guys are actually doing something instead of just talking about it, which is a, a racing tradition. We, we have a lot of meetings and conferences and people give speeches and everyone talks and everybody gets all riled up and then they go home and they do nothing. So the fact that you're doing something is, uh, to me, means, means a lot. Um, where can people find out information on DGen Nation? Is it uh, basically uh, you have to subscribe um, on YouTube, your YouTube channel? Yeah, basically, it's going to be YouTube at first, then we're going to do podcasts. And I, I think, honestly, no joke, I think Dylan's plan or future ahead where he plans to go with this is not even that. Let's put some money into the racing, get some horses, and give some of the people a piece of the horse on him, and you get a stake in this horse, too. It's just basically, he's basically funding this right now. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm doing some tickets for everybody, DJ Nation, to get people to subscribe to YouTube. But he's been really the focal point of he'll spend some money right now. He wants to get the young fans, too. So we're going to put some horses out there. We're going to buy some horses. For, and, it, and he's going to give away pieces to people, too. So right now, it's just basically the YouTube channel. We're going to get a podcast going and all this stuff. But we plan to maybe even include a stable. He's really, that's his focal point right now, too, is there's another adding horses to his stable. I mean, that's a great idea. I had a, uh, a guest on a couple weeks ago, um, Evan Friedman. Him and I, uh, a couple years ago, put together a contest at Gulfstream Park in the winter where yeah. the grand prize was a piece of a horse, of, of basically a free ride, a 5% free ride. Um, yeah. And it... it it went over really good. I think I think he said we had fifteen hundred people sign up. We had no marketing. Gulfstream let us do it. They they didn't really push it a whole lot because they didn't really see the uh, you know yeah. the 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 need for it. But they didn't also they also didn't shoot us down and sue us. <laughs> but um, I'll be honest, it was a big success and a lot of people missed it. And the fact of the matter is, the guy that won the grand prize, uh, Garrett Pate, who's a really great guy, um, yeah, he had mostly been a gambler. And a uh, younger guy, like, you know, he's like 35, he's got a couple kids, he's a successful business guy, and um, he got a 5% piece of horse. He lives in California. He flew to Florida to come visit That's his awesome. horse. And That's what it's... He wound up investing in a couple other uh, partnerships out in California where he lives in, and, I mean, he it, it literally made a guy into a... Uh, you know, in, in, into a, an owner. And, and, his and that's take, what it's all about. You know what, Justin? That's, all, that's what it's about, man. Getting the young fan. They don't, they don't realize. Listen, I met up Dylan recently and Tom, and his buddy Tom, our good friend, like our friend Tom, is awesome. But Tom goes to the stables every single morning to check on the horses with, uh, with our good friend Sweezy. He checks on these horses. He feeds them. He, he's at the barn. He, he, just, he just got involved because me and Dan knew uh, Sweezy, and we introduced him. And now they have a racing stable together. And sweet, and this guy, Tom, is a great guy. He's there at the racing stable helping Sweezy at 6, 7 o'clock in the morning. What could we do as an owner, like, you know, taking care of the horses and stuff? That, that's, that's what it is. In all honesty, we love horse racing. We love gambling. I love gambling. But 
the horses and the care for these animals is also important to us too. And we, we, we can't wait to see, uh, you know, I'm a part of little bluebirds stables with Joe T and uh, Rob, a couple of my friends, you know, that I grew uh, that met on Twitter and we put together our stable. We can't wait to see our first run of uh, two year old. That's uh, the daredevil devil's edge. We can't wait to see that horse maybe at Belmont or <coughs> Saratoga. That's like something you, you know, we grew up like watching owner wanting to own a horse one day, and we finally get a chance now to do it. No, that that's awesome. And one of the good things about people owning a piece of a horse is that uh, that they learn so much about what what actually goes on because it, it's difficult to to really. Uh, it's one of those things. It's difficult to to tell people things, but when they live it, when they start to see the decision pro you know making process and and all the the little, unfortunately, bad things that can happen. I mean, most of them minor, you know, minor things. A horse gets a little cough, gets a rash, gets this, gets that, the other thing. But then they, they kind of learn um, a, a lot better about what goes into getting a horse, a single horse to a single race and, and, and how difficult it is. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, exactly. uh, go ahead. Uh, just let me say something. We've seen that, but we also see the other side of it, too. That, I mean, I guess the story that broke yesterday with the Ramseys not paying the bills. Well, I noticed that the bills come in. I pay him, like uh, Joe T says, listen, go on the horse bills, pay your bill, pay your bill for a horse. You see that, too. There's things like the people don't know that goes on behind the scenes that, I mean, of course, you're inside the game. We know that there's some deadbeat owners, deadbeat, that don't pay their bills. And these these horsemen trainers are paying upkeep on these horses, and they they don't want to upset the owners because the owner has money or he might invest in another horse. You know, it's, it's a tricky game horse horse ownership, and I, that's like a an area I'm not too full into. So like I'm just gonna just lay out of those things. But my opinion, I think it's a great to own a piece of a horse or have an investment. I, I saw the two girls. Uh, recently, they pin hooked a horse for uh, $10,000, and they made $250,000. Two girls, I guess, from Cali. I don't really know them. I even reached out to one of them. I said, listen, I would love to put some money up and pin hook a horse. Listen, we know that's rare occasions, but, hey, listen, they're, they're young. They're trying something new, and they made some money off that. No, that that's good. I, I actually, uh, I don't know if you know this, but I trained for Mr. Ramsey. And okay. He owed me just. Under, I heard that. Yeah, I heard just, that. I just under three hundred thousand dollars at one point. Oh my god! Wow. Uh, you but know, you know but, it gets a little uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but you know, we're talking. What are we talking about? We're talking about the experience, right? We're talking about. Have you ever had? You guys have both been to a Kentucky Derby, right? Yeah, I, I have. Have you ever I've tried to explain? Open. But if you ever had to try to explain to somebody who's like a sports fan like what a Kentucky Derby is like. You know, I talk to football fans and baseball fans and, and good friends of mine, and, you know, they're not into racing. And you try to explain to them what the Derby's all about and the pageantry and the bourbon and the, the women dressed up to the nines and cigars and that whole experience. And that's the same thing you guys are talking about. Swifty was talking about horse ownership, right? Like the fact that, I mean, I, for the first time in my life, what, two months ago, I got to go to Palm Meadows. And you get there at 6 a.m. as the sun's coming up, and you hear the horses before you can see them breathing coming down the track. I mean, if that doesn't get your blood flowing and the juice is going, I don't know what will. And to see the horses, you know, on the backside and going back and seeing, you know, you know, we're good buddies with Sweeze. I mean, Sweeze, he takes good, such good care of his horses, man. He's got such love for his, you know, 
you, you know, stable. And then you see Jose D'Angelo next door and, and the, the care he takes for his horses. And like you guys said, all the steps it takes to get him just to get to the racetrack. And then, God forbid, you get lucky and you get a stakes horse. And you got Jose shipping out to Dubai for the World Cup. I mean, I mean, Jose lives for that horse, man. And you see it when you meet these guys and you go on the backside. So if you can be part owner of a stable, and whether it's you have 1% or 99%, just that experience is freaking awesome. So if we can bring that to life for people and Dylan is willing to do that and, you know, give out shares to DTF stables and get people involved and give people the experience to go to the farm in the morning. I mean, that's just awesome. That's what it's all about. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, you're so right about the Derby and that, uh, it's, it's just such a different experience. The, from any, any other sporting event I've ever been to, I've been to, you know, almost every big sporting event there is, um, it's like the Super Bowl. When you go to the Super Bowl, it's not like a regular football game. I mean, everything is 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 you know bigger and, and different. But in the end, it's it's a football game. But the Derby is like to, to be there with one hundred and fifty thousand people, and just the noise and the energy. Um, it, it's just uh, it's just nuts. I, I guess uh, Darren Rogers was saying today that there's going to be a cap about I think thirty thousand this year at the derby which you know is better than nothing obviously but um you know when we can, when we finally get back to that point where um you you just have this mass of humanity there and everybody's watching the same thing and um it, it's just like i said or like you said it's hard to describe if you're not there if you haven't actually experienced it yep it's more than a game uh i yep, know yep. I know so many owners that have gotten the game, and that first time, I think the first time they run a horse is is so exciting for them, and that the, it's the first time that they see their name in in the program or the silks, and they get to go to the paddock, and uh, you know they're on the other side of the fence, and they they're experiencing it, and and you can't do that in other sports, like you know you can't just. You can't just go buy five percent of the Knicks and get to go, you know, <laughs> hang out behind Thibodeau and then say, "Yeah, uh, go shoot a three." <laughs> you know, right? Step on the court, shoot a three. <laughs> you know, unless, unless you're unless you got you know like really big money, but it's just yeah. uh, uh, you know, it's an ex- it's a chance to to become part of of the game. You're not just a, an outsider. You're a guy that's uh, even even the guy that owns five percent. You're part of the, the part of the deal. A hundred percent agree, man, and I think that's probably the next step in you know the DGN Nation movement. That you know, we we get the young fans that maybe not be able to experience this. Come in, come to the stables one day. You know, Sweezy's been so accommodable that like you could just hang out there, and you know, we see the horses work in the morning. We see Chad's out there with his horses. It's it's just a great experience that you know most horse fans don't get to experience unless you have a piece of a horse, or unless you know your ownership or you're tight with someone. So that that would be the next movement, I guess. We're gonna throw some parties up in Saratoga. That's a yeah, man. Throw, that's the plan. We're gonna throw one big party up in Saratoga and just really try and get a you know that young fan to the crowd that day and, and Whitney weekend. Just have a good time, you know. We're gonna get a you know DJ up there. We're gonna put some TVs up on the house. We're gonna all watch the card, cap it, and have some fun with it. That's that's the goal. Hey, listen, before you have the party, let me know, because I went to high school with the uh, the chief of police up there, so we'll have to have, you know, have to have them. <laughs> I had, like, 10 people yesterday all up in the Saratoga area hit me up. He was like, listen, you guys are throwing the house party, but why don't you guys look to, like, maybe 
renting a place. Like, so they were giving me, per, you know, uh, places that we could hit up. I go to Saratoga every year. I've been going to Saratoga probably the past 10 years outside last year. But the problem now is, like, uh, COVID regulations. So we get a house. We get a nice DJ. We get some crowds in there. We get some catered food. I think we could do it right. And just, no it will be a fun day, and everybody gets that experience in there. Have a nice little pool party. That 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 sounds like uh, that sounds like a, a something that would lure me out of South Florida for at least a couple right? days. Right, like a nice little house party <laughs> in the summer up in Saratoga Springs, and then the next day is Whitney. We're all hungover and and better than Whitney. That Friday we throw the party. Next Saturday's Whitney, and then that's it. <laughs> that's perfect. Summer's yeah. over almost. That that's my town, Saratoga. That's where I'm from. So uh, yeah, I love it, man. There's no other. That's heaven to me, man. It's that's, uh, that's my heaven on earth. Going up there and just even after the racing day is over, everybody's in the town going out to dinner or either Saratoga Harness Track, play bet some harness. You know that 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 town is number one to me, and I've always been a fan of Saratoga. When, when I was a kid, and yeah. you know Saratoga Harness got a lot more people going over th- than they do now, but um yeah. Every year during the meet, uh, there'd always be a Saturday, um, without fail, where a guy would come over and he would just bet like unreasonable amounts of money on on, on the trotters, and, and he, would make, he would make some horse that had no chance, you know, like two to five, one to five. And, yeah, those pools don't get that big. <laughs> you know, those guys, yeah, they'd be betting like it was the, you know, it was across the street, and they'd be like, hey, you know what happened, but. uh no, no doubt. I mean, the Saratoga, the, the last race ends. That doesn't mean the days end. It, it, it's it's no, just, it's just you go starting. Town, you go out to eat, man. That's that's what it's about, man. That's what that's what's so great. I mean, I experienced that a little with Keeneland. Keeneland got that vibe, but it's it's not like Saratoga. I mean, Saratoga to me is just like heaven on earth. I mean, like I like I know a couple people go up to stay in the grandstand. I mean, I stay in the grandstand. We bring a cooler out. We bring in, we're packing with uh, beer bottles. We're packing with two years ago. I'll never forget this. We in front of us. We had a teacher, like a bunch of teachers. We brought wine in, and they were taking wine from us, but not the bottle wine because you couldn't bring in bottles. So we brought in the box wine for my friend's wife, and we had the whole teachers' union basically drinking out of the wine bottle, out of the wine, uh, the box wine. It was so funny, man. <laughs> well. I'm I'm not a big wine connoisseur, but I'm I'm gonna tell you that I probably will be drinking out of a. Though, though my my friend came into town the other day and he's staying with me. He's from Saratoga. It's actually Dave Spears. He's like the mayor of Saratoga, the unofficial mayor. And awesome. and 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 someone had given me, you know, people don't know what to buy you for Christmas or, or things like that, and they give you like wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this guy gave me a bottle of wine. And it was like a I don't know expensive bottle of wine, and and, and he was like, uh, you know. I, I, let me buy, open one of those bottles of wine. So I thought he was going to open what you know one of the nine dollar bottles of wine. No, he didn't do it. He he knocked off one of the hundred and twenty dollar bottles of wine. But uh, nice. But I that think Barshu drinks wine. Barshu's a wine drinker. I'm Barshu, not a wine drinker. Does he have? Does, has he made the official Barshu life uh, wine canter? Decanter. <laughs> decanter. That's what. That's is not it, a bad idea. I, 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 I need one. You one. might steal your ideas. So watch out, Chuck. Hey, listen. One. It's not the first time people have stole my ideas. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm just happy well, to my see wor- that my they work. My Pinos. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me about um, about this past weekend. Uh, the the pick five uh, that you guys hit for Degen Nation that that. Uh, uh, a bunch of people wound up participating in. How, how did that kind of idea formulate, and uh, how did you come up with the picks? And, and and just you know, talk about that. All Swifty, man. I mean, it was Dylan's idea first and foremost to get 
these kind of contests and get people to have an opportunity to buy into these huge tickets. And, uh, you know, I mean, I tweeted out something in the morning that day, like, you know, the cross country to me wasn't a great sequence. It was a lot of a couple of maiden claimers, a couple of claiming races at Oakland. And, uh, so Swifty really took charge of the cabin and he, he freaking drilled it. And Swift just hammered that sequence out. I didn't even, I didn't give one horse in it. He drilled it, but again, Dylan just getting people involved and getting people part of these big tickets. I mean, there's no way on earth I was putting $100 of my own money into that cross-country ticket Saturday. No way. And you have a guy like Dylan and DJ Nation who's going to, you know, throw contests out like that out there. Let Swifty do the work. We're all involved. We're all in it together. And boom. I mean, he hits it for what it pay? 11? Yeah, 11 8, I think it was. Yeah. And I'd be, yeah. You know, it was crazy. Like, I did a personal one. I started in the morning, so I. I, I had a feeling that it was going to pay. I've been watching this guy Pete on uh, Twitter too. I see he's been banging this cross country. I'm like, I don't know what's going on with these pools. I didn't know if the computer plays are in, but some of these payouts have been ridiculous. They've been ten grand each week, like ten, 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 and it's really not that. So, so I started capping. So I started capping. I put on my phone in the morning. I'm like, this is what I like. This, that, that. I had a, basically a $234. Dylan says, you know, you could pump it up to $400. That's why he added the four in the last leg. I, he, the horse figured, and I would have done it the same too. So horse figured, I basically was going to single Barkley's horse at Oakland Park. I loved the horse. It was like 7-1, morning line. Actually went off at like 16-1 to one or something. And I, you know what? And I don't play it. So I don't play the sequence myself. I actually did play the <laughs> sequence, but I mispunched, mispunched the ticket by myself because I was doing all the de- de- degenerate shit, like firing 80 other tickets. So I mispunched the seven. I hit eight by accident. And then and I didn't hit the sequence. <laughs> now, everybody... So Everybody that put a pick in that had been that had signed up for the the YouTube yeah. channel, they got a portion of the proceeds, correct? A hundred percent. So you have to subscribe. Right. Yeah. So you subscribed and then you got to pick the winner of the Louisiana Derby. Yeah. So if you subscribed on Saturday and then were able to pick the winner of the Louisiana Derby, which was O'Neill's horse, which is named Char- Hot Rod Charlie. Then you got a piece of that ticket. So I think it came out to how many ended up winning Swift? 30. I think 34 or 35. It paid 340. Right. And Dylan didn't even take out the portion of the ticket. He basically said, no, that's part of the, let's go. This is part of the thing. And then every each subscriber got $343 without even the ticket, uh, without even the ticket ticket deducted, which he put up $1,500 or $1,100 for. And he did that, and people are getting their payments right now. And that's how we roll. I'm doing a contest tonight. I think Dylan's going to fire a big Florida Derby contest too, and we're going to try and get. We're going to try and go for a big score, like a million dollars. Yeah. So for everybody out there listening, man, get on that YouTube channel, subscribe because Dylan's. He's already asking me and Swift about a contest for Saturday for the Florida Derby. Yeah. We don't know what it's going to look like yet, but if you're subscribed and on there, and you just enter in the comment section, I mean, you're in. That's yeah. all you got to do. You don't have to put up. A dollar. So if you're going through a tough time right now where you've lost your job or COVID's, you know, hurt you in your pocket, you sign up, man. You can play for free. Have fun. You know, there's no, there's no stress. You just enjoy it with us. Watch along on Twitter and YouTube, and you got a piece of it for nothing. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Boshu has fake accounts, like, stealing my handicap, and I, I wouldn't be surprised. That's just me. <laughs> he, he signed up as a troll account or something so he could get a portion of Dylan's $343 that I hit. <laughs> well, I'd pick proxy, so I would have lost anyway. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I think, I think they're going to have 10 stakes on, on, the, on the card Saturday. 
They draw. Yeah, I can't wait this Saturday. It's gonna be fun. Then, by, you go, by, are you going to the Florida the Derby? By uh, the way, how great how great was Gulfstream this past weekend without IRAD? How great was Gulfstream Park without IRAD? Did you see that pick five on Sunday? That late pick five. I mean, Swifty's buddy had it. You shared the ticket, Swift. What was it? Yeah, uh, that was one of the most ticket? incredible tickets I ever seen. Man. You you will never you will never get that with IRAD in the building. Never. No, the 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 complexion of the race is certainly changes when he's not there. Of course, man. I'm surprised they took him down in fairgrounds. Did you see that? Chuck, yeah, man? that was they, that was brutal. That, that was crazy. That, that was, down. They that said was none terrible. of this shit today. That, that honestly, <laughs> uh, uh, without regarding the, the personalities involved, that was a terrible takedown. That was a hundred percent terrible takedown. And you know, was, I get a text message from a friend of mine that basically has some good connections. He goes, "This floor's not losing with Irad. I think it was the four of the two. The two with Irad up." So I said, okay, I, I, I spread that race. And, of course, I was punching bets, and then all of a sudden the race goes off, and then the horse wins, and then that takedown. My friend was so mad, man. That, that's another thing that needs to be talked about is these stewards, man. Some of these stewards, man, I have no clue what's going on in this game, but that needs a, a reviewing. The, you know, I, I've been on so many steward rants in the last six months that, that there's been so much crap going on, I actually forgot about that, that takedown. I was, I was going to talk about that, but... It was, How about the uh, takedown on Fountain of Youth Day with Tyler, or the two horse with Tyler? I almost, I almost literally, we were driving to the track. We were running late, you know. Dan had to put on his makeup and stuff, and we were running late. And I'm watching the race <laughs> on the phone. I'm like, I love this two horse. This two's not losing everything. I basically, I had a five dollar pick five. Uh, me and D- Dylan was already at the track. Me and Dan were on our way. You know, we were running a little late. And I'm like, this two's not losing. So I went. I think I hammered this two. And next thing I know, there's an objection, and I'm like, there's no way they're taking this horse down. No way. And they took this horse down, the two-horse with Tyler. I think Tyler was up. I, I still cannot believe that. And people don't realize the thousands of dollars that exchange when these people get taken down. Like, It's not just like, oh, you know, it's just not, the, oh, they, they took a horse down, $6 to win. Some people, it's costing them thousands. They don't realize this. Like, I think stewards have to come to the realization that there needs to be an explanation after these takedowns. It's, Show it's, the process uh, of why this horse was being taken down. You want you want to know something? And who got put in, up? I ran. You, you want to know something interesting about that race? The horse that got the the that caused well not caused the interference, but the horse that was quote unquote un- interfered with. He was privately purchased by by Gary Barber and Mark Cassie that that won the race. So, so they yeah, wound yeah. up with the horse anyways. But no, that that was a terrible DQ because it, it was in a position yeah. where. The number one, the camera angle was was bad. It's a bad camera angle. There. Number two, the horse on the inside, you're going into a turn. Just by by you know, I didn't pay that much attention to physics in, in high school, but I know that like when you you know go around the turn, you're going to naturally lean in. Um, there was actually a, a similar uh, on Tampa Bay Derby Day in the last race. There was a similar incident where the jockey claimed foul for almost the same thing, and, and they dismissed it pretty quickly, uh, as they should have. But, um, no, the, you're, you're right about the stewards, though. The The problem we have with the stewards is the problem we have in many other areas in that there's no consistent um, training, there's no consistent uh, uh, oversight, and... And it becomes an issue in that everyone's making their own decisions based upon their own reasoning. And instead of having a, um, and I understand, like we're not the NBA or the NFL where uh, everyone's reviewed, every play's reviewed, every call's reviewed, 
and people are graded and they're upgraded and they're downgraded. And if you're downgraded far enough, you, you lose, you know, you, you, you don't get to do it anymore. Um, and there, there's a, a, you know, kind of a league wide mandate. This is, we're going to call this tighter. We're not going to call this tighter. I mean, we just get the, these situations like, you know, I, I saw people commenting on this t- the takedown on Saturday at the fairgrounds. Oh, well, they were they were, you know, giving sending Irad a message. You know what? If they want to send Irad a message, they should get a cell phone and send him a text message or call him in before the races and say, listen, none of that bullshit's going to happen. You know, no, 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 no horde, you know, no, no pushing guys in and out and the other thing. And if they do, then give him days or fine him. But don't take a horse down for incidental contact because you have a, a vendetta against a rider or, or, you know, you're trying to show him, you know, you're the out-of-town guy and we're going to show you, uh, you know, who's, who's the big man. Because it's not like it used to be 30 years ago. you got eyes on you all over the country. It's not just the, the people that are at the races. It's, it's everywhere. And, uh, I mean, I didn't bet the race. I, I, I don't even hardly bet fairgrounds because I can't figure that place out at all. But... I watched it over again because I saw you guys and among others were, were commenting on it, and I watched the race, and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, I know. And the, the problem is if you're sending a message to a rider or someone, you're also sending a message to the betters, too. Like, I mean, I get the riders do some reckless stuff, and they want to – horse safety is important, but you're punishing the betters, man. I mean, it's not easy to win in this game, and then you're going to punish the better when he does win? I mean, that's that's the line that I'm not – you know, always drilled about. So that's the line that crosses me there. You punish, that's you punish the veterans by taking these horses down. Yeah, and that's where the integrity of the game gets called out. I mean, when Irad can do whatever he wants at Gulfstream Park, and they're never going to touch him. I mean, let's be honest. Irad could could punch Paco in the face in the stretch, and they would keep him up. I mean, he can get he gets away with murder down there. But when you're, you know, when you bet on a horse like Swift is saying, and he bumps, let's say he comes in a little bit, but then he goes off and wins by seven lengths, well, are you really helping the better if you disqualify that horse? I mean, that horse was much the best that day. So, all right, maybe you call the jock in and you fine him, take money out of maybe you give him days. But when you hurt the gambler, now there goes the integrity of the game. And if you got a new better there that day and he's got $1,000 to win on the horse and he's just getting into the game and all of a sudden his horse gets DQ'd after winning by seven lengths, well, he ain't going to come back and bet. He's going to go bet the NBA again or, or football. He's, he's going to be done with horse racing. So if you're trying to grow the sport, and protect the integrity of the game. Have those one-offs with the jocks in the jocks room. Make it clear. Give them days. Fine them. But when you hurt the gambler, it just hurts the game. No, no doubt. And, and remember, the owner and the trainer that, of the horse in question, they they might have it might have taken them five, six, seven, eight weeks to get that horse in that race. And, yep. yep. And now you know that's uh, you're talking you know, three, four thousand dollars a month in training fees, you're talking seven, eight, nine thousand dollars that they are out, not counting the purse because the per you know, the, the purse was gonna pay for their expenses, now that's gone. And it's uh you know, your 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 uh your idea is, is very well taken and, and that it's uh the betters aren't considered at all for the most part. It they just aren't and you know, I've been railing on the stewards for a while uh, I had a steward one time at Tampa Bay quote me a rule that didn't exist, and I said, "Well, if you show me that rule in the, in, in, the, in the rule book, then I'll, I'll you know I'll back down." And then you know then I, I was the bad guy because I you know dared say he said, "Well, the horse never made contact." It says nowhere does it in the rule does it say make contact. The rule says if the horse intentionally uh, is, is brought into the path of a different horse in order to intimidate, which is what happened in the race. Um, that's grounds for disqualification. I said, should my rider have to like 
uh, you know, like risk going down so that there can be a little bit of a brush or contact, and then you'll take the horse down as it makes no sense. And, you know, they just kind of blew me off because I knew that uh, in Florida we don't have a racing commission. So <laughs> you're, you're appealing the, um, the ruling if you, do, if you do appeal essentially to the same people that made the original ruling, which sounds insane, but... Um, you know, Florida, they do things a little different in the government here. Yeah, I mean, I think Kathy even appealed this too. I don't know. Who knows what that's going to happen? Did, did, and if did. they, what happens if they do rule in favor of Kathy's and they do put that horse into the winter circle? Do the betters get paid who bet on this horse? No, that's another oh, thing that we need to talk about. What happens the if you know, get a horse it. gets DQ'd for for uh, illegal? Peter drugs, Miller. Peter Miller. Peter Miller yeah. just broke the other day. Peter Miller cheated with Embray and on January 1st. You just find out about it this week. Horses on all sorts of steroids, whatever. And, you know, Graham Motion, motion finished the second, and he was on Twitter yesterday. He was active. And I said, Graham, you know, I bet your horse that day. Aren't you pissed off at this? He's like, well, he's like every other jurisdiction, you know, the steroid would be, you know, DQ of purse money in this. California, they treat it like it's a, uh, you know, lidocaine bob incident, and nothing happens. Yeah, I, I, the, the better get better in the long run. Better lose. Right. <laughs> people, uh, people. Yep. You, you know, one thing that people don't realize is is how screwed up the rules are. They, they make no sense. They're arbitrary. They're they're just it's it, it's insane. And I am not one of the people who thinks that having the same rules all across the country is going to actually make this big groundswell of business that caused that because it's mostly rules that no one knows about anyways. And, and trainers are affected mostly because you're running in different states and under different rules. And, and it, it's not a bad idea. I'm not saying that, you know, it's a good idea, but having the rules be the same from place to place to place still doesn't um, keep people from being pissed off when the rules are broken. It's, it's just a, I think the uniformity in the rules is is a very vastly overrated part of of a, the federal law, and it's it'll be nice. It's it's great to have, but if guys continue to have uh, claim horses that run fifty two buyers and run them back, and they run ninety buyers, and other guys like uh, like Peter Miller, who's had a million enough of Peter and, Miller, you know, right? Enough problems. Does anybody want Peter Miller in racing? And, that, and that's that's the thing is is that at some point you know you, you got to. It's like a driver's license, you know. If you get like speeding isn't DUI, but if you get seven speeding tickets, you still lose your license at some point. And I think that the that has to be taken into consideration, and it just isn't. And and just the way you know, Baffert was able to manipulate um, his even when they put the rules in. Okay, so now there's a rule saying that all right, say in state A has a rule saying that if you've gotten a positive test in the last uh, six months, that your penalty is doubled. Well, you get an issue uh, in, in, in state B, but you keep it tied up for a while. Well, if state A goes ahead and adjudicates the penalty, well, you don't feel the pain of, of the extra penalty because state B hasn't got around to actually you know, making a call on it. And until they make a call on it, it, it's, it's like you're, you know, innocent until proven guilty. So the fact that the Arkansas racing commission a year later, over a year later, still hasn't even had a hearing on, on the, uh, the Nadal positive, uh, 
I think it's in a dollar the gamine or whatever. It just is. It's it's, it's insane. <laughs> like even when they put rules in that are, are are beneficial that that you know cause the penalties to increase, you can get away with it because uh, depending on on the state in question, uh, it's a, it's like the Linda Rice hearing in New York. And I have nothing against Linda Rice at all. Or I don't even know, you know, I don't even hardly know the particulars of the case other than what's been reported and what I've, people have told me. But the fact of the matter was people were fired from their jobs like four years ago. I mean, this is not a federal case. So here we are four years later, and it's like this thing was postponed, and then, and then they had COVID, and then they had this, and then they had that. But you just, even the people in the game, they're like, well, you know, why bother at this point? Like, like, what's the point? You know, like, a hundred percent, man. And what could be done though? Like, what could be said and done that where people move? Like, people start being more aggressive and more. They start doing more stuff. Swifty, look at Swifty, look at me. Not going to be tolerated no more. Why why haven't trainers and other people spoken up in this game? Why haven't? Why is it just Twitter people? Uh, People speak up, but they have to fill the entry box. Dude, look at Aqueduct. Aqueduct in March. How many in February? In January? How many horses you have up there? They boost the purses up to entice trainers to send there because they know they don't have them. People are sending down to Florida, Gulfstream, Tampa. So they have to entice these guys to run their horses there. So if you have people bending the rules to get their horses in the entry box, well, Naira's going to look the other way because they need that money. They don't want three yeah. horse fields. And that's what it all comes down to. Well, it comes down to they money. They need the money. In, in, in the end, that's, that's true and it's not true in that a horse is a horse is a horse. And if the trainers, like, listen, if Todd Pletcher and, and Chad Brown and Steve Asmussen all were, you know, Russian agents and got arrested and, and thrown in jail, um, their horses wouldn't all be retired. I mean, the owners wouldn't get out of the game. Every great trainer in the history of the ba- the game has died at some, you know, and and, it, and the game goes on. The problem is that people get penalized for speaking up. People are definitely I, I've I've known in my own career that I've been always willing to to speak up and to say what uh, what what's right and stick up for people that that are unil- you know un- unable to do it and there have been repercussions for sure and I'm labeled a troublemaker even though a lot of times I'm just wanting the truth and I'm just wanting an explanation but the problem is that you have to remember when when we're dealing with uh state government and it is going to be the same with the federal government is that you have rights as as a citizen and um there has to be a. It's, everything's done procedurally, and I know there's a couple guys that got positives at Gulfstream. They're going to get off, and they're going yep. to get off because the state screwed it up. They screwed up some sort of. I mean, how many people in this world in in the justice system get off not because they're innocent, but 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 because there was a mistake made in the process somewhere that violates their rights. There was a uh, you know so something wasn't a. Uh, uh, there was uh, evidence that wasn't properly labeled or something, so it gets thrown out. Yeah. And without the evidence, the case falls apart. It's the same in horse racing. And it's, it's also why we can't just have people say, well, they should have penalties equal to the purse. Well, it, it, that'll never happen because the, the first judge that that goes in front is going to throw it out. You can't find people five hundred thousand dollars because of a a, a a racing violation. It it just it it'll go it'll be you know called uh, you know unfair or, or you know, unjust because all they'll do is they'll trot out the thousands of other 
um, similar violations that were $500 fines or $1,000 fines. And, and that's the problem is the legal system it makes it difficult. And when people talk about like what goes on in Hong Kong, well, you know, Hong Kong's Chinese. The Chinese legal system doesn't exactly give people the, the, the rights that, um, that we have over here. And, and that's always the issue with state racing commissions. And it's going to be an issue with the federal thing it, it, in that they've got to do it by the book. And yeah. everything has got to be, you can't um, do something that, that, would, um, that would affect the, the person's rights. Otherwise, the case gets thrown out, and and uh, it's it's a it's not like I I'm with you. Like I, I think that there's a lot of gray areas that just you know like you just roll yeah, your everyone eyes. Everyone tippy toes around. hundred percent. And listen, and if you get if you speak up, like do you think there's I know there's trainers that want to say something, but the problem is there's some trainers that if they say something, they know they deep down in their minds they know they got money tied up with such and such. He's got a horse with me. And that owner might be uh, that other trainer might be a little more powerful. He could persuade that owner to pull the horses, and a good horseman loses his horse and money to feed his family and put money on the table. That's the game. That's it's such a tricky slope where people don't understand. Like everybody has their hands in each other's pockets, one way or the other. That's the, that's the problem. And, and if that doesn't change, then this game will never grow and develop where it's perfectly clean. There's no cheating going on. I mean. I, I, People are going to always push the line, cheating, non. Uh, people are going to always try and find their edge. But the problem lies where is like when the good trainers who just have to sit by and take it, and they know deep down inside there's really nothing they could do, and that's that's the shameful shit and what goes on. It's one of the reasons why I don't train anymore. I hear you, man, and I bet you, I bet you, you, there's probably no reason why you couldn't be a solid trainer if you had the right horses, the right owners. And the right money behind you. There's no reason. I, I've seen you around horses. You're good with horses. It's just that's what the game is. There's really good people that have not made it in this game because of other circumstances behind closed doors. And that's the shame of the game, you know? I, I know so many people, owners and trainers, that call me up and text me or email me. And, you know, they hear things that I say on on, on a yeah. podcast. And, and they're, you know, they're like, man, we so agree with you. We just... Yeah, it's hard for me to say something from? because I, oh, oh, everyone yeah. who hits me up, like I've been, I've been entangled with some people, like people all the time, people all the time, people all the time hit me up on Twitter and say, uh, I got such and such information. Let me, uh, let me, uh, get it to you. Sure. And then that's what they do. The, they can't say publicly. They say they bleak it to me and when I have no money tied to any business. I say it to my. I say it. So that's the problem. People can't speak up, and I. I, I guess I've given them a little voice to speak up a little. And it's a paramutual game. So people, if you'd rather say, you know, would you want cheating in the game, or would you want to know which horse is cheating? They want to know which horse is cheating. They want to make money. It's a paramutual game. You want to have that inside information. So it's always going to be there. I mean, look, I, I live at Mama Park. I mean, I was I was good buddies with with George's assistant trainer. I mean, everybody knew what was going on. Everybody. But you couldn't say anything. TVG couldn't say anything. Nobody could say anything. Everybody knew what was going on. Give me a break. The 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 off-the-claim numbers with Navarro and service, I mean, it was incredible. So, you know, it goes on in the game. It's a shame. I don't know if anything will ever truly fix it. You know, this this whole integrity act is a joke. Yeah, that was going to fund it to begin with. Who's funding that shit? I would love to see who's funding that shit. 
You know, well, where's Peter Miller? You, you probably don't want to know. Where's Peter Miller fall? <laughs> yeah, it's coming back to the bed. Is one hundred percent. What paragraph is he in? <laughs> the, you know, you the know fun, coming back to the bed. One it, way or the other. <laughs> I, I tell you this, uh, and I have no inside information on this because, believe me, the inside information on on that bill are people that don't ever talk to me. But to think that they're not going to slap a surcharge, just think about a national federal program. The the expense, the the huge expense this is going to be, and you know it's written in a way they one of the concerns that they had was that there are industries, plenty of industries that are uh, regulated on a state by state business. I mean, insurance really is 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 a each state has a insurance board and regulated in you know state on a state by state basis. So one of the concerns they had was that. Um, had they tried to pass something that would kind of take away from the racing commission, uh, make them basically, you know, eliminate them, that they were going to get a challenge from the state attorney generals because it would be kind of a, a state's rights issue, you know, far, far bigger than horse racing. Yeah. So what they've done is they've got this convoluted way of keeping the state commissions uh, around. You're still going to have to get licensed in the state. Uh, it appears the state is still going to... Uh, um, conduct the testing in most cases. See, that's the thing. Yeah. Everybody say, oh, the USADA. I said, the USADA is not going to do the testing. The USADA follows like 147 athletes. Okay? So now there's 147 horses that are going to run on Saturday's card at Coldstream. That's one card. So, like, they don't have the capacity or the ability to do all the testing. So the testing is going to stay yeah. in the, the same place. Yeah, the testing would you're still, like never I said, get done. You're still going to have to get licensed. If, if there's an issue, if, if I get in a fist fight with a guy on the backside, we're still going to have to go to the stewards, and I'm still going to, you know, might have my state license taken away. It's not like Jesus. the state commissions are gone. It's, yeah. it's that... They've kind of pulled the, the medication away and, and, and kind of, you know, made a couple other things. But it's going to be funded via the state commissions. The state commissions Jesus. are essentially going to make the call as to how to fund the thing. And they are given a lot of latitude in that they can in, institute new charges. They can institute uh, per start charges. They can institute uh, a surcharge on betting. Um, which in one of the original bills was on there. They could not put a surcharge on betting, but that you know conveniently slipped away when yep. they realized that they weren't going to have enough revenue. And it, this is a sport that struggles, and we can say all we want, but the fact of the matter is the reason the foal crop is down is because people, the, the, the owners are down. It's not horses yep. decided, well, we're not going to have sex anymore. It's just the fact is that there's just not the demand. The demand is down. and. Yep. The wagering is flat. Flat is down. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're flat for five years. Well, just with inflation, you're probably down what eight, ten percent. So this yeah. is not a business that's thriving, and you, you're facing nope. uh, a huge, a huge threat with sports wagering. Uh, that, uh, you know, a threat that's going to yeah. come and take your customers. And all of a sudden, we're going to get saddled with God knows what kind of. Um, Surcharges. Surcharges. And we don't know yeah. exactly how effective this thing is going to be. Uh, yeah, well, listen, we, we all see. You, what, what's that famous saying? Shit flies downhill? You know who's taking this. You know who's going to be paying for this Integrity Act or whatever this nonsense. It's going to be the better. There's going to be takeout raises, and sooner or later, they're going to push everyone away. Um, it's just because there has to be other ways. There has to be smarter people up top that can figure out how to 
how to get an how to get how to fund this without taking it out on the betters. There's got to be a better way. There's got to be other ways around this. But you know, it shit slides downhill, and it's, the betters going to take it on the chin. I mean, it's a sad thing, but it, we all know it's going to happen. I talked to the a problem guy. with you know what also the problem is too, Chuck. There's no Lasix on Stakes Day. Lasix, there's been scientific yeah. evidence that Lasix is helpful. Why do they do there's that? Like, Why do they do I that? Mean, I mean, it's it's this is not good <clears throat> rules and low Lasix. The two most nonsensical, the two the things that are probably ninety nine and a hundred problems with the wrong with the sport is the top of the priority list for some people. I have no clue why, but this is why do they do the Lasix like they do, Swift? Why do they why do they make the Lasix rule like they do? Yeah, well, you know why? Because so they can keep the sixty two five horses running every three weeks to fill the race yep. cards. And then they're going to act like they care about the horses that are worth a hundred grand in the stakes race. Yep. So we're going to, hey, we're going to pretend we care about them, but we don't yeah. give a shit about the sixty-two fifty <laughs> claimer that needs to run every three weeks so we can fill our race yeah. cards. And here's the, they here's don't the care problem. About it'll never happen. Yeah, they don't care. I'll solve it. Right, I'll solve it right now for you. Ready? Close Aqueduct down in the winter. Ship the horses down south, and in well, the summertime, close Gulfstream Park down and ship them all north. And guess what? You have full fields. But with the yep, casino at Gulfstream and the casino at Empire, you're never going to get it done. But that's the way yeah, you solve it right there. I think yep. you, I think I, I, you guys handle more than the casino at Gulfstream handles. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yeah. I, I think I would have said casino one. That is, uh, it's actually an insult to casinos to call it a casino. Oh yeah, that is hundred percent. I mean, listen, the, Sar- <laughs> the Saratoga, the Saratoga casino is also an insult because there's like. No wide blackjack table. There's like those electronic blackjack tables that took me for like 503 minutes playing that stupid game. You know, it's so crazy. Just even in the whole, you know, gambling, uh, the sphere of gambling that they they put in. uh, I remember when I was a kid, like when when OTB passed in New York, uh, Naira was way, I mean, totally against it. They were like so against it, but they they couldn't defeat it because... It was a government kind of uh, program, and there was going to be a lot of jobs for the connected people. And I mean, yeah, politicians—they'll yeah. do—they love that more than anything, you know. Yeah, so yeah. Um, they couldn't beat it, but they got amendments passed that made the OTBs just the most miserable experience. And you couldn't even bet with numbers; they had to bet use letters. They they went to that extreme. And I, I I've funny i was going through uh some crap i had in the house the other day and i found a bunch of old tickets from from otb uh wow apparently yeah, we're losers tons, yeah. you know 10 yeah. you know 10 dollar double lk yeah, yeah. i mean it's just like <laughs> you think yeah. that i mean to talk about the stone ages where they just uh, oh yeah man you weren't allowed to have a bathroom in an otb you couldn't have a yeah. uh uh, you couldn't have a um, a vending machine. I mean, it was just like these ludicrous. You've been things. around. You went to. You you've been around New York. I don't know if you remember the off track bettings. Like off track, if the horse would pay four seventy, you would get four ten at OTB. Oh, yeah, the, and the still surcharge. Under. Like, what kind of business is that that goes under the surcharge? Like, off track bettings back in the day used to be popular. When I grew up in New York, we would go like there used to be tons of them. You know, people would, who aren't on the track, you go to OTB, you go to off track betting, and you bet. But they used to take a percentage. So if an exacto paid $23, you would get 21 And they still went on the, the management is the issue in horse racing. Always has and always will be from the top up. If the management be. can't solve problems, shit gets passed downhill. And, and Swift and Chuck, we know. Chuck, you know what, what percentage of horse players are profitable? Like weekly horse players, like our true D-gens like us. What percentage at the end of the year do you think are profitable betting horses? A, a very, very small amount. Yeah. So we have we had someone tell us in the industry one point seven percent. 
So here's the bottom line, right? We start DJ Nation. We have fun with it. We, you know, take shots at people. We put group tickets together. The bottom line is, if you're not having fun doing this, and you're not yeah. enjoying it, and out there smoking cigars with your buddies, having drinks, you know, hitting fun. a few races, yeah. just the, the overall experience. If you're not having fun doing this, then what the hell are you doing? Yeah. So if DJ I mean, Nation can help help that and bring people together, and yeah, we're going to have our big scores. We're also going to lose on tickets, clearly. But if we can have fun doing it and bring people together and make it like the Kentucky Derby, an event when we go to the track, I mean, the, yeah. what are we doing? Yeah, no, we no can't doubt. have a nice summer party and get people who love horse racing together, have some drinks, have some fun, and watch the races together, and have a pool party and enjoy the experience, then right? what's the point of even Absolutely, having this man. anymore? But no, I mean, let's like just close it down. Let, let Peter win. Let the whip rule people win. Let the computers battle each other and just close up shop. <laughs> I'll go to sports. I'll, I, listen, I, I'm a video poker person. I'll stay on video poker. I love horses, but I could quit that tomorrow. I mean, it would suck that it was gone. It would hurt me because, I, you know, the love for the sport. But if horse racing gone tomorrow, I could still find ways to gamble. A gambler is going to gamble. So why not make horse racing enticing to the gambler? Why do you sort of score? The guy put up a, my buddy put up a four hundred dollar ticket. He walked away with one hundred and forty k with taxes. Well, I mean, come on, that's that's a score of a lifetime. That's that that right there is why we play this game right there. That that is why I play this game. You could go to the track with a hundred. You could go to the track with twenty. You could walk out with thousands. That's what's so great. The game that always has value. I will always turn to horse racing because the value's there. It's not like, oh, I bet five hundred. You know what? Who cares? Bet five hundred dollars on a sporting game. Oh, the Green Bay Packers. I don't care. We're, we're, that, that doesn't. You get me a pick four that has two prices in it, or a pick five that has two prices in it, and I have a chance to get thirty thousand. Okay, that that has my interest peaked a little. No doubt. You know the one of the, one of the things like you, you're talking about that we missed in the last year. Uh, Barry and I talked about it a couple weeks ago on the Monday Night Podcast about the social aspect and how. Most of us are were, were drawn to racing because of the social aspect, and we yep. were taught by people at the track. Yeah, and you know, you, you yep. learned how to how to make bets, and you learned uh, how to look for different things, and, and you know, the it was passed on, uh, you know, from generation to generation. I mean, my dad started bringing me to track when I was barely you know one years old. Not that I yep. remember anything, but but that <laughs> that was just you know it yeah. becomes ingrained in you, and and you meet so many people. I mean, I, I, there's guys I haven't seen in, in a year because I, I I only saw them at the track, yeah. and it's it's That's kind tough. of frustrating. I understand people's frustrations when <clears throat> they hear that uh, Belmont's not going to be open, and yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, at least at the beginning of the meet, and and Gulfstream is it's I had, uh, so many people call me this last week about. Goldstream and, and what's going on and how to get tickets and this and that. And it's like, yeah, yeah, man, it's it's frustrating because people use these things and and Del Mar and Saratoga and Keeneland as as uh you know the 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 cornerstone of a vacation. Hundred percent, man. You're hundred percent. No. Like you said, they're social gatherings. Like people, these are people that you meet at the track that like you want to go to the track. You want to spend the day outdoors. Everything today now is like indoors. Video games, uh, indoor trampolines, you're taking your kids to that. You're doing this. What happened to going outside and, you know, enjoying nature, enjoying the horses, enjoying the animals? We're going to casinos. We're allowing people into casinos, and I can't go sit my fat ass on a fucking bench two feet away and smoke a cigar and watch races? I mean, this is all nonsense, what's going on. And I mean, I know, understand the political views and political side of all this bullshit, but let's be honest here. There's no reason why this act. But do you know what the problem is, too? 
Naira and other tracks are seeing people still gambling on EDWs. And and that's that's why we need new we need racing executives to start thinking outside the box. You know what? Let's get people to the let's get people to the to the track. Let's offer them a late pick five that you cannot bet on your EDW, but you can bet at live at the track. But the problem is then the pool's on so diluted then. But the, you know, there's other ways around it. You got to think outside the box, and that's the problem. Well, that's that's why we you know that's why we get you guys to think outside the box. <laughs> Yeah, we can't solve every horse racing problem. We'll try, but <laughs> no, I mean, like Oakland does the Oakland does the on show, uh, uh, the show uh, on track show. I mean, it's just little stuff like that. Try something different, like, but not not stupid shit like racing roulette. That was where's that bet? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I said that uh, on the opening. I said, you know, all they needed to do instead of spending however much they spent having some focus group or some nonsensical. Uh, uh, consultant come up with that idea it was was just go on yeah. racing Twitter and, and ask would you would you, would, like, would you bet this look, <laughs> racing Twitter there's some of the sharpest people I know and met in my life on racing Twitter that you know we we seen the Navarro we seen the service numbers we we, we know the numbers it's not like we see we could see what's in front of our face the problem is they hired a consulting group like you said probably paid a hundred grand for that stupid idea and where'd that go I mean bring back the two dollar pick sixes you know there's this game's in the casino. I don't go play. I don't go sit at, uh, uh, you know, I don't play. I don't walk into the casino and say, wow, let me learn, uh, you know, uh, this, this uh, game here. Uh, no, I'm not playing it. It's <laughs> over my limit. So why can't I have a $2 pick six? Why do I have to play a 20 cent pick six? You know what I'm saying? If Swift can't, if Swift can't spell the bet, you can't, you can't play. Yeah. So Pi Gal is out. Yeah, Pi Gal is the, like, I mean, I, and people love that game. I mean, it's. There's people who tell me that game's one of the best games to play. I'm not. I, I, I listen, and there's people who sit up there with stacks of chips. I, I'm not sitting over there. I have Pie, no Pie makes me hungry. <laughs> it sounds like a dish. <laughs> well, yeah, we're going to be at the Hard Rock next week too. You coming out, Chuck? Oh, uh, yeah. Popano? Is uh, Popano over or no? Popano is not over. Uh, okay. We have another. We're down to three days a week. I believe it's Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Okay. So, cool. we'll uh, swing. Look, look at Are you going to Florida Derby? I, I will be at the Florida Derby in some nice. way, is, is shape, Barry or form. Nice. Is Barry coming? I still haven't met Barry. I'd love to meet Barry. I, I, I yeah, know. I would like to meet. Like, see, I think Barry would be also good if we, part if, of our movement too. Barry could, could jump on. We need different aspects, different cultures, different. You know, I, I, I we hang out with different races. That I had my good friend Tony. Tony Zuz, a Chinese. Uh, I think he's Chinese, but he's out there. He's one of the smartest <laughs> people I know, man. It's like there, there needs to be an impact of different races, different cultures. I, I am 100% women, men. We could all enjoy this game. That's my point, too. That, and Dan's been a big part. Dan said, let's bring Barry on to something what we're doing. No, you Barry's, know, everybody. Barry's great. He, we, had, we had to sneak yeah. into Pegasus, though, man. We, we, we were on the outside <laughs> looking in. We, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I know. I missed you guys that day. I wanted to meet you that day. But he did that, what was it, that video that, in, that went viral? Was that yeah, video? the drunk guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Supposedly, the drunk oh, guy God. is going to be Jason Blewett knows the guy. Get and, out of here, yeah, really? Blewett knows the guy, Dude, and we, the guy will be there. He will be there on, on Saturday. That's awesome, he will be there. Did he know he went viral? I, I don't know if he knows, but I think he knows now. <laughs> but um, yeah. I mean, when you get him picked up by Lebertard, who's like, you know, <laughs> that it was, was like, awesome. it was that like was cool. four million hits or some ridiculous number. It was yeah. crazy. I, and, I, and the funny thing, I was standing right next to Barry. I didn't even know he was taping. I was like, man, look at this. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> he must have started coming, and then he went down. 
And you know, you know what the greatest thing about that whole thing is? When the guy was standing at the, the machine making the bets, he looked totally sober. He was pounding those bets oh, out really? like, yeah, like oh, nothing. Yeah. Then it hits you? But then, then when he tried to go back to the seat, <laughs> he, got, he made the little roundabout there. <laughs> and then that was it. Went down. <laughs> no, no one in America was more surprised that he, la- that, that he landed in that seat than that guy was himself. <laughs> yeah, he landed right in that chair, man. That was so funny, man. That was hilarious. Oh, that, I don't think I, I can recall the last time I got that drunk in my life. Where I was stumbling around, <laughs> man. Uh, uh, right. for me. He's going to be there. That's we got to. We got to check that's him what out. You see at the racetrack. That's people watching. That's what the racetrack is about. Having fun. That was fun. Like that was funny to me. That was. Uh, it was. It was a good time. And uh, yeah. so, so people got the, if they want to go on, uh, if they want to get hooked up. They got to go to YouTube and look up yeah, Gen yep. Nation and subscribe and. Subscribe. Uh, yep. And go from there. Sounds great. That's it, brother. All right, guys. YouTube uh, having us on, man. Which is, you know, we love the game. Yeah, very nice. No problem. I love how you always speak your mind too. Um, We're gonna have a. I got Barry and my my man Jason Bitus are gonna do a little uh, Florida Derby preview show on Friday. So let me know what what the the status of the contest is, and and we'll. uh, We'll pump it awesome. on there and uh, awesome, man. Oh, awesome. and uh, kind of see if we can't get That's more, great, man. more people involved. Much. The more people we get involved, you know, the better. Hundred percent, man. Why, why can't we, why can't the young people come to the track and have fun? You know, exactly. All right, guys. All right. Thank, thank you. All right, thank, thank you, brother. All right, all right. We'll see you Saturday. All right, we're gonna go to commercial and we're gonna come back with Saratoga Dan. Why, in the past decade, has BRL Equine become the premier equine supplement company in the industry? Because we spend millions in research and development before we ever put out a product. Because we use only FDA-supervised facilities to manufacture for us. Because what we say is in them is in them. Because they work. Because if you're not happy, I'll give you your money back. And because top trainers and veterinarians in thoroughbred racing, standard bred racing, three-day eventing, and barrel racing all trust in BRL Equine. Shouldn't you? To find out more how Flexify HA, Unlock, Bleeder Shield, and EPO Equine can help you, contact me, Joseph Volante, 215-501-6880. 